Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on uh, Twitter at uh, Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Uh, before we do get started, I want to let you know that uh, today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and you can uh, support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for us to continue on with uh, this week's serial. It's time for the Star of Cape Town Matter Parts 3 and 4. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Lieutenant Van Dyle of the Cape Town Police. I was just going to call you, Lieutenant. Is something the matter? You sound very strange. Probably from nursing a lump on my head that had put the star of Cape Town to shame. I don't understand. You found the diamond? No. To put it politely, somebody slugged me here in my room a while ago. Why? To keep me from sailing on the Southern Empress. She just shoved off, and I've got a strong hunch that diamond is aboard. That bears out what we've learned from Julio Biak. Did he confess to false murder? No, but we're fairly certain he's involved. However, he swears he does not have the diamond. Either he passed it to somebody aboard the Southern Empress, or he was chasing whoever's got it. Lieutenant, I've got to get on that ship. You say it is now underway? And out of the harbor. You wouldn't happen to have a stray helicopter around, would you? I can make arrangements for one with the military. Can you be at the airfield in 15 minutes? Make it 10. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cape Town, South Africa. To the Home Office Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town Matter. Expense account continued. Item 8, cab fare to the airfield where the helicopter was waiting for me. I don't know which was throbbing the most, the helicopter engine or my head. On the way out to sea, I had time to try to put the pieces together. But as usual, they didn't fit. A playboy named Andrew Forbes inherits a diamond called the Star of Cape Town worth 150 G's. The insurance company gets fidgety at the way Forbes is flashing the stone around. So they send me to Cape Town to talk some sense to him. But now Forbes is dead and the diamond is missing. And the fact that his probable killer was picked up aboard the Southern Empress before it shoved off convinces me the stone is somewhere on that ship. But I've got no proof, even though I'm breaking my neck to get there at the moment. We picked up the Southern Empress about 20 miles out at sea, and the helicopter pilot set me down on deck at the stern. A crowd of passengers had gathered, but I didn't see Forbes' sister Agatha, nor Helen, the girl who'd spent so much time with him the night he was killed. 
I got me a room, then headed for Agatha Forbes' stateroom. As I stood at the door, I caught a whiff of Forbes' favorite perfume, Forever, the kind Sheila had worn. Yes, what? Wow. It's Helen, isn't it? I don't think we've met, Mr... Dollar, Johnny Dollar. No, no, we haven't met officially, but we were both at Forbes' party the other night. You wish to speak with Miss Forbes? And you too, Helen. Who is it, Helen? Uh, Mr. Dollar, I'll be in my stateroom if you want me, Miss Forbes. Well, Very well, my dear. Uh, just a minute, Helen, I... Hmm. Well, Mr. Dollar, I must say you are a persistent person. On my job, I have to be, Miss Forbes. Well, as long as you're here, you might as well sit down. Thanks. I still would rather not talk about what's happened. I can certainly understand that. But if I can throw any light on it, which I doubt very much, then I suppose it's my duty to. One thing I must ask, however. What is it? That there be as little additional publicity as possible. Forbes' name has been dragged through the dirt enough as it is. I'll do my best. Very well. What is it you want to know? Well, several things. First, do you think your brother could have been killed for a motive other than the diamond? Why, I hadn't thought of that. After all, you must admit that a diamond like the Star of Cape Town would be motive enough to the kind of people my brother thought it amusing to consort with. Yeah, you're probably right. But I'm trying to cover all the possibilities. How about your brother's friend Sheila, for instance? I prefer not to discuss her. But do you think she could have done it? I don't know. I'm afraid I wouldn't put anything past her. All right, another thing, Miss Forbes. I was pretty surprised to find Helen here in your stateroom when I knocked. Why? I didn't know you knew her. I have engaged Helen as my traveling companion. Oh. Kind of sudden, wasn't it? As a matter of fact, it was. My brother had told me about her. For one of the few times in his life, he was right about someone. She's a thoroughly nice person. So you hired her? I think I told you before how exhausted I am by all this. I needed someone to make arrangements for me. The last moment she decided to make the trip, and I was delighted. Uh-huh. She made up her mind at the last moment, huh? May I ask why all these questions about her? Well, right now she's pretty high on my list of possible... That's impossible. As far as we know, she was the last person to see your brother alive. And I refuse to believe she could possibly be involved. I hope she isn't. But I've got to run down every lead I can get. If I don't recover the star of Cape Town, the company I represent is on the hook for $150,000. I have not filed a claim as yet, Mr. Dollar. Nor do I propose to until we reach New York. I shall give you every opportunity to recover the diamond. I appreciate that, Miss Forbes. But I'm afraid it still doesn't leave me much time. I went back to my stateroom. The door was open. But I was sure I'd closed it when I left. Inside was the same lingering smell of the same lingering perfume. Forbes' favorite forever. Sheila wore it. But as far as I knew, she was still in Cape Town. Then I remembered her saying that Forbes had given Helen a bottle of it. I also remembered smelling it in my Cape Town hotel room just before I got slugged. I thought then it was a carryover from Sheila's earlier visit. Now I wasn't sure. I started back out of my stateroom just in time to collide with somebody in the passageway. Oh, sorry. Say, partner, you sure took the wind out of my sail. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I I didn't know anyone was out here. Oh, I just passing by, partner. Stacy's the name. Ben Stacy. What's yours? Dollar. On the level? Yeah, across my heart. Well, when I tell people I bumped into a guy named Dollar aboard a boat, I'll mean it, huh? <laughs> See you around, partner. So he could have been just passing by, like he said. But if so, he moved awfully quietly for a guy his size. I locked my door and headed for the bar. 
Expense account item 9150, a double martini, which occupied me just long enough to get a couple of things nailed down in my mind. Namely, open stateroom doors and the smell of perfume. Ah, it had to be Helen. No two ways about it. At this point in my brilliant chain of deductions, I made a big mistake. I looked down toward the other end of the bar. And the person I saw sitting there made me realize in one big hurry that my train of thought had just gotten itself derailed. Hello, Sheila. Hi, Johnny. I thought you were back in Cape Town. Why should I be? What's to stay for now? Good question. But you didn't tell me you were leaving. You didn't ask me. Sit down. You must have decided in a hurry. That's the only way I ever decide anything. Oh? Well, you picked an interesting boat to sail on. I suppose you know Helen's aboard. Small boat, isn't it? Oh, look, Sheila, suppose we drop the flip chatter, huh? Okay, Johnny. What do you want me to tell you? That I hate Helen for taking Andy Forbes away from me? Okay. I do. It's happened before. But Andy always came back. What hurts this time is that he was killed before he had a chance to. Sheila... Don't worry. I'll keep out of her way. I won't make any trouble. And, Johnny, do me a favor. What is it? Let's just forget I'm on board. I'd kind of like a decent chance to forget a few things, if I can. Okay. Uh, just one thing, Sheila. Yeah? Were you in my room a few minutes ago? No. On the level? Sure, why? Let's skip it. See you later. Okay. I hope you find your diamond. Thanks. I hope you find whatever you're looking for. You know what it is? No. I got news for you. Neither do I. Well, one thing was clear anyway. If Sheila hadn't been in my stateroom, then the perfume I'd smelled must have belonged to Helen. She seemed to be getting higher on my list all the time. I had to have a talk with her, but by the looks of things, that wasn't going to be easy. She was doing a pretty good job of avoiding me. About half an hour later, though, I spotted her topside in a deck chair with Agatha Forbes. Next to them was my old buddy from the wide open spaces. Why, some of the things we got out west, you just wouldn't believe. I am certain we didn't. I've never been there, but I... Oh. Hi, everybody. Well, sir, if it isn't Mr. Dollar herself. Now, I ask you ladies if that isn't just about the most colorful name of Ella Good Gaff. afternoon, yes, Mr. Dollar. Hope you're a little more rested, Miss Forbes. Thank you, I am. And Helen, I'm glad Miss to see Forbes, you. Forbes, I wonder if you'd excuse me. Why, certainly, my dear. I'm afraid I have a headache. Why don't you go lie down for a while? Thanks, I think I will. Well, now, this kind of a chilly reception, partner. Looks like a little lady doesn't like you much. Oh, well, you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm sure Helen's simply tired, Mr. Dollar. Mr. Stacy here tells me he was quite a good friend of my brother's. Oh? Why, sure, partner. Andy Forbes and I was the best of buddies. Well, I didn't see you at his party the other night. Well, he asked me, of course, but I just couldn't make it. I tell you, though, dogged if I wouldn't have been there if I'd have known it was going to be old Andy's last party. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. That's all right. Um, uh, how long had you known Forbes, Mr. Stacy? Years, dollar, years. Old Andy and me was always bumping into each other in the darndest places. Cairo, Paris, Copenhagen. I tell you, it was always a barrel of laughs when we got together. I bet. Why, I'll never forget one night in little old Descartes. We... 
Say, we're going to be in Dakar in a couple of days, aren't we? I believe so. Oh, yeah. I suppose everybody will be going ashore for You bet! Well, you don't want to miss Dakar. Why, I can show you some places you just wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I tell you what. Why don't we get up a little party Mr. and... Mr. Stacy, it sounds very pleasant, but I'm afraid you'll have to excuse me. I'm not quite in the mood for sightseeing. Oh, I understand. Sure enough, Miss Forbes. Well, Dollar, how about you? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, anybody care to join me for a walk around the deck? No, thanks. I've got to keep up my appetite, you know. See you later. But don't you forget about Dakar. It'll be a ball. Yeah, it'll be a barrel of fun. Miss Forbes. Yes? Did your brother ever mention this character, Stacy, to you? No. Of course, Andrew had many strange friends that he didn't mention to me. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I went back to my stateroom. This time, the door was closed, and there was no odor of perfume. But when I went in, I saw that I'd had a visitor again, and this time he or she had been much more thorough. The room was torn apart from one end to the other. I sat down, tired and beat. I, I thought of that building tile somebody tried to drop on me in Cape Town and the bang on the head I'd collected in my hotel room. I knew that whoever I was after was also after me. And now it looked like a third party was involved. Whoever had torn up my room must have figured I might have the diamond. Sheila, Helen, Stacy, it could be any of them. Or even worse, it could be somebody I didn't even know about. But one thing was sure, I was no closer to that king-sized diamond. Pretty soon we'd be getting to Dakar, and once everybody had the chance to get ashore, my chances of getting the diamond back were practically zero. I had a strong and sickening hunch that Dakar could be the end of the trail for me, and I didn't like it. Johnny Dollar. This is the purser, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I was just about to call you. Oh? Better send a steward to my stateroom to put it back together. What happened? Somebody just tore it apart. But why? Oh, looking for something, I guess. The diamond? But why would they think you'd have it? Well, somebody's got me pegged wrong. Well, what's on your mind? A cablegram was sent to Cape Town about an hour ago addressed to Julio Biak. Julio? Yes, isn't he the man who's being held on suspicion of murdering Andrew Forbes? Yeah, but the news hasn't been released, and obviously whoever sent the cablegram isn't aware of it. What did it say? Contact me, usual place, Dakar. Who signed it? Well, the name was Corner. I checked the passenger list, but there's no such name. A steward delivered the message to the radio room. I've sent for him. He should be able to tell us who sent it. Nice work, purser. Could be you just helped me wind up this case. <laughs> From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location at sea, en route Cape Town to Dakar. To the Home Office Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town Matter. Expense account continued. Item 10, $10. A token of appreciation to the purser for furnishing me the one good lead I've had in this deal. A cablegram to Julio Biak, who is being held in Cape Town right now as Andrew Forbes' probable killer. But Forbes's diamond, the star of Cape Town, $150,000 worth, was still missing. 
The cablegram indicated that Julio hadn't been working alone on the deal. Whoever sent it was aboard ship and either had the diamond or was looking for it. Before long, I'd know who that someone was. I started for the purser's office. Mr. Dollar. Huh? Oh, Helen. I'd like to talk to you. Oh, no, that's a switch. What do you mean? Ever since I got aboard this ship, I've been trying to talk to you, but you weren't having any. I don't know what this is all about, but you've gone too far, Mr. Dollar. Come again? Don't try to pretend. When I found my room all torn up just now, I realized... Oh, hey, wait a minute. Your room's been torn up, too? What do you mean by two? Mine got the same treatment a while ago. I don't understand. I thought it was you who... Look, Helen, I think you and I had better have a little talk right now. I stared into the bar. Expense account item 11, $5, drinks. I still couldn't figure out which team she was playing on, but I had to find out, and this was the best way I could think of. May I have a cigarette, please? Oh, sure. Here. Thanks. I've been so confused, Mr. Dollar. Johnny. Johnny. Confused about what, Helen? Everything. It's all happened so fast. And then when I realized that somebody was watching me and following me... Look, I think you'd better start from the top. I suppose so. Maybe it'll make sense to you. I hadn't really known Andy Forbes very long. Longer than I had. That party he gave, it was so strange. All those people I didn't know. I mean, well, I guess it took me a little while to realize he was interested in quite a few people. Sheila? I feel sorry for Sheila. I guess she's pretty bitter about everything. But I didn't do anything to encourage Andy, and I didn't realize he was serious about me until the night of the party. And then he told me he was... And he gave me... A, a bottle of very expensive perfume, forever. Oh, his usual gift? I'm afraid so. I don't care. He wanted me to have it, and it's lovely perfume. I liked Andy. He was completely irresponsible, but in his own strange way, he was nice. So? When they told me the next morning that he'd been killed during the night, I couldn't believe it. And then when the diamond was missing... Yeah? His attitude about the diamond was very strange. How do you mean? He seemed to regard it as a, an, an inexpensive trinket. He he was so careless with it. Oh, you're telling me. That's why I was sent down to Cape Town, to try and talk him into being more sensible with it. But, Helen, you said something about being watched or followed. Yes. When I left Andy's house that night, I felt that somebody was watching me. Oh. And later I knew somebody had been in my hotel room and now my stateroom torn apart... What does it all mean? That's a good question. One more thing. Yes? You decided to make this trip rather suddenly, didn't you? I wanted to get away from Cape Town. Miss Forbes was kind enough to offer me a job as her traveling companion for the trip, so I took it. Do you like working for her? Yes. She's really a very nice person, perhaps a little on the dignified side. Yeah. She's... I'm pretty concerned over the Forbes name. Wouldn't you be, after all that's happened? Maybe. Oh, Johnny... I've got to be getting back and see if she needs anything, but thanks. For what? Talking to you has made me feel a lot better somehow. Good, good. It's uh, been a big help to me, too. How so? Oh, makes things easier for tonight. They're having a dance. And I've been figuring how to go about asking you. Then if you don't mind, I'll go to my stateroom and change. Of course, Helen. See you tonight, Johnny. Right. Well, you two seem to be getting along pretty well now. 
Yeah, I guess so. I'm glad. I'm sure you realize by now that Helen couldn't possibly be involved in the murder or the diamond theft. I, uh, hope not. You are a very suspicious man, Mr. Dollar. It's part of my job, Miss Forbes. I still don't have any idea who's got your brother's diamond. And if I don't find out before we get to Dakar tomorrow, the chances are I never will. I don't see how you can be so sure the star of Cape Town is aboard this ship. I wasn't sure until today that cablegram convinced me. Cablegram? Yeah, it was addressed to Julio Biak in Cape Town. Biak? Isn't he the one who's under arrest back there? That's right. He was posing as a bartender at your brother's party. We think he's the killer. But apparently whoever sent him the cablegram was working with him and doesn't know he's been arrested. Well, I hope you can clear it up, Mr. Dollar, so that all this publicity will die down. It's been terribly trying. Yes, I imagine it has. I know Helen's felt the strain, too. She's been so nervous lately. Oh, if... If what? No, I was just thinking. If only Andrew had met someone like Helen sooner, perhaps none of this would have happened. Maybe not. Had I known she was coming to the party, I don't suppose I'd have tried to talk Andrew out of giving it. She's been the one bright ray in all of this. No, if only. But regrets are so futile. She looked old and tired and lonely. Sure, maybe she was too worried about the dignity of the Forbes name, but I could see now it was about the only thing she'd had all these years. And with a brother who'd kept tossing the name around like a cheap toy... Oh, I quit looking at the picture. It wasn't very pretty. Anyway, I had another picture in my mind. Helen. I couldn't quite figure her. Everything she told me could be the truth. Or it could be just one big lie. And there was something else bothering me about the whole deal. Something I couldn't quite put my finger on. A piece that didn't fit. A discord in the tune. But Helen kept pushing everything else out of my mind. And the feeling didn't change any that night. We danced, and then we went out on the deck. But all the while, one of my stock Confucianisms kept gnawing away at me. He who gets too interested in suspects is building up to king-size letdown. It's beautiful out here. Uh-huh. The moon and the sea and the ships sliding low. It almost doesn't seem real. I know. I almost wish it could go on this way forever. No people, no places. <laughs> There's just one thing wrong, though. What? That routine doesn't work for very long. I know. Johnny. Hmm? Is there something wrong? Why? He seems so far away, so preoccupied. Well, just uh, thinking about a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> That's not being very informative. I'm sorry, I... I guess I'm not feeling informative. It's okay. Sometimes talking isn't very important. You know, Johnny, the last few days have been a sort of nightmare for me. But tonight everything seems so nice. Why would that be, Johnny? Maybe I could make a kiss. Maybe you could. Johnny. I'm sorry. I'm not. 
Well, say oh. now, if you two don't look just like a picture postcard. Hello, Mr. Stacy. Stacy. Yes, sir, I tell you, if they could put a picture of what I saw a second ago on all their travel folders, they'd double their business. <laughs> How nice for them. You want us to run through it again for the proper camera angle? Johnny. Oh, come on now, partner. Can't you take a little joshing? Oh, I'll try, partner. The reason I've been looking for you two, we get into day car in the morning. Yes, I know. And you can have a barrel of fun in that town. So you've told what do you say we set up a little party? I can show you some places you won't believe. It sounds like fun. How about a dollar? Yeah. You can count me in, Stacy. Good. I'll see you in the morning then, bright and early. He means well, Johnny. Uh, maybe. You don't sound very convinced. I don't know. Half of my job has always been sizing up people. Suddenly, I seem to have lost my touch. Meaning me? I uh, didn't say that. If it's any help in sizing me up, what happened a moment ago? I meant that, Johnny. Mr. Dollar. What? Oh. Oh, excuse me a minute. Sure. Be right back. Yeah, what is it, Percy? That steward I was telling you about, Mr. Dollar. The one who delivered the message for Cape Town to the radio room? Where is he? That's just it. I don't know. You what? I can't understand it. I've looked everywhere. I'm worried. That's not good. I was counting on him to tell me who sent that message to Julio Biak. Whoever did is probably working with Biak and could have the diamond. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Dollar. I'll keep looking and let you know the minute I find him. I turned back toward Helen, but she was nowhere in sight. I started along the deck to see if she... Oh! Oh, Johnny! What happened? What's the matter? I was walking along the deck. As I passed the lifeboat, somebody stepped out from behind it and grabbed at me. Who was it? I couldn't see. Well, come on, let's take a look. He ran away when I screamed. Oh... I see. So there I was again. Was she lying or telling the truth? I took her to a stateroom and told her to lock herself in for the night. Then I went back to deck and tried for the umpteenth time to put the pieces together. But I didn't have long. Suddenly everything was noise and confusion. Almost by the time I got to the stern, the ship was circling, lowering a boat. Twenty minutes later, they hoisted a body aboard. He was wearing a steward's uniform, and one look at the purser told me which steward it was. Yeah, my one good lead, gone. Here's our star to tell you about the final episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, I finally figure out the deal, only to find that my opponent is holding all the aces. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. Well, we see a recurring voice that's uh, kind of hard to uh, forget, uh, particularly with the way I associate it with the Alvin Summers matter. We'll see if this character has a similar uh, trajectory from the one we heard in that uh, serial. Now, uh, turning to listener comments and uh, feedback. Brian writes, I was really enjoying the Johnny Dollar Peerling Matter episodes, but the ending was so disappointing. The story was great. I really disliked Mr. Peerling. The ending just didn't do it for me. I guess I'm just spoiled by all the other episodes. Thank you for making all these available and for the knowledgeable commentaries. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks so much, Brian. And if you didn't like the ending to the Pearling matter, I would encourage you to go to uh, archives.greatdetectives.net, go under Jeff Regan, and take a listen to The Prodigal Daughter with Jack Webb. That was the first uh, Jeff Regan show that we have in existence, and it has a very different ending and tone, even though they did use basically the same script. Also received a tweet from listener Justin, uh, who says, Do you have the Box 13 episodes? We do. And uh, you can find them over at archive.greatdetectives.net. And having done 1,100 plus shows, we've left, uh, we've completed quite a few series. So you may want to check that out as well as the big list of radio detectives, uh, biglist.greatdetectives.net. Uh, and then finally, we have a comment on Podcast Alley. Listener just says, great job, fabulous escape, thanks. Well, you're welcome, and uh, that will do it for today. Join us uh, tomorrow for an episode of Nick Carter, and then on Friday, we will go ahead and conclude the Star of Cape Town matter. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.